Well, hello there, my dear sweet listeners. My name is Andrew Roberts. Um, Andrew, like Andre, but with a W. And you are listening to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to our good friend, Andrew Campbell, another Andre with a W. Andrew is a fellow Austinite here in Austin, Texas, and a successful real estate investor. He is part owner of Wildhorn Capital here in Austin, and he is just a great guy all around. Um, We are very lucky to have him on our show, and we really enjoyed diving into his story on how he got to where he is and um, what his plans are for the future. Um, So without further ado, here's Andrew Campbell. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. big and yeah. it's you know it's kind of nice to just have have our own sort of warehouse you know we've got materials for sure yeah that's awesome yeah well andrew welcome to the podcast thanks thanks for having me. <laughs> now we're recording so andrew wonderful name awesome name i really like it don't know why <laughs> not biased yeah not biased at all but yeah thank you for joining us really excited to, to have you on i kind of wanted to start with um one for myself and two for the listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, so if you could give us like a like a two, three minute elevator pitch on um, who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so Andrew Campbell, uh, founder of Wildhorn Capital. We're a multifamily you know, investment group um, buying stuff in Central Texas, Houston, Atlanta. We're looking as well. Um, kind of quick background. I was born and raised in Austin, um, grew up here, went to UT, got an advertising degree. And was doing big ad agency work, kind of lived in San Francisco, Minneapolis. Um, in 2007, I got a phone call that my dad had a massive stroke and was, you know, flew home and I basically never left. Um, wow. Kind of helped rehab him, ended up having to quit my job. And I was you know, 27 at the time, um, kind of big. It's like, all right, I'm sitting here, I've quit my job, don't have any income. You're trying to figure out what I want to get out of life. You know, it's a pretty, pretty big moment and also the right time. I mean, 27, I had a few years under my belt and... Um, decided that needed to create some passive income. Wanted to you know start to figure out a way to to work towards financial freedom. You know, be, work for myself, not have to have a, a job with a paycheck to you know support myself. And so sure. that kind of that launched us into sort of at least exploring real estate. You know, started reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and kind of four hour work week and just some of the like the big sort of seminal books out there that just change your mindset a little bit yeah um so then we started you know we got busy in like 2010 and 11 started buying in austin and that was just sort of dumb luck as far as buying exactly the right place at exactly the right time yeah um but we're able to build up a a portfolio about 75 units that was all kind of duplexes and fourplexes um and we were doing that with a full-time job and and you know really kind of at my wife's urging she was like you just need to go do this thing full-time like you're way more passionate about it you, you your your job is sort of in the way at this point like that's what you love and, and it it goes back to you know what we initially wanted being able to kind of work for ourselves and have that financial you know financial independence yeah i think financial freedom's a little like sitting on the beach drinking sure my ties like yeah that, i don't know that really exists or that i want that but you know kind right. of being independent you know being able to create your own schedule and stuff so 
I guess two and a half, three years ago, really made that decision. We were going to leave our job and really go do the, the, the multifamily thing full time mm-hmm. um, and start you know, doing the bigger properties and, and execute what we'd seen in our portfolio with other people, you know, and just kind of get into the bigger properties where they operate more efficiently. You got the on-site management that's handling, you know, the day-to-day. Um, and so that's that's kind of where we're at today. We've got about, um, I guess my partner, I've done 1,500 units or so at this point. Um, and, you know, that's, that's kind of a quick story. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool to hear you're from Austin. Yeah. You're uh, one of us, you know. Yeah. I feel like every person I meet and they hear that I'm from Austin, they're, like, shocked. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're the one. You know, yeah. So very cool, very cool. It's, there's not a whole lot. Yeah. So you, uh, I know you said you went to college for advertising. Mm-hmm. Has that you know helped play a role in I guess your success today with Wildhorn? Yeah, I think so. Um, for for sure. I mean, and, and I always you know I think I tell people like you always fall back to what you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. right? And and the big the big thing that's allowed us to grow be successful is I got a partner mm-hmm. who's very got a complementary skill set to me. So I'm a marketing and advertising guy, so I'm focused on, you know, communications and relationships. And, and to me, this whole business is about relationships Yeah. with investors, with brokers, you know, making sure you under, you're sort of out there in that space and you know the deals that you can communicate with to go raise the money. Um, but you also got to have just sort of the, the brass tacks, the asset management, the construction management, the discipline around the, the bricks and mortar. And so my partner is a structural engineer by trade. Um, so he is super detail oriented into the weeds, likes the weeds. You know, we were talking about the whole sourcing stuff from China. Yeah. That's him. Like he's off running that. Cause he's like, I can, I can, I know the products that we need. I'm going to go run that. It's like, perfect. You go do that. Cause I'm going to keep making sure we go source deals. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. We've, uh, we've discovered that with, you know, successful people that we've interviewed on this podcast and, um, even within our own companies that, you know, everyone has their own strengths and, you got to play to those strengths, and so you're also more successful, right? If you're doing what you're naturally inclined to do, yeah, you like it, but you're better at it for sure. You're like, I'm not a details guy at all, yeah. So to have some that's super detail oriented that can handle the sort of the day to day, somewhat minutia, in my opinion, like that's what he gets off on. It's like that's his wheelhouse, right. and I know he's crushing that, yeah. So I can focus on the stuff I like to do, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's kind of like has been um, tough. Uh, transitioning from you know college into the real world which happened to me you know five years ago but um, was thinking that I needed to be good at everything right and that the skills that I was bad at I needed to fine-tune those and um, just keep getting better in those areas but what I've learned you know as I keep going throughout my professional career is that you know I have what I'm good at and I need to hone in on those as opposed to trying to spread myself too thin yeah they talk about that a lot like self-improve on the areas that you're not great mm-hmm. and then okay well now you can be average at everything or ignore the stuff you're not good at and right. you probably don't like and double down on where you're interested and you're strong right be exceptional in those two areas for sure mm-hmm. yeah and the um i mean to humble myself and ask for help with the areas that i'm not good at has been a struggle um with me in the past and that's something that i'm continuing to learn and, and try and get better at it as well. Yeah. But so I want to go back to when you moved back to Austin from California. Um, obviously, your your dad was in not the best of health, and that's why you came back. And I, that's, um, I commend you for that. That's awesome. Did you have any, um, I guess, anything set up as far as a job when you came back to Austin, or did you just come back and kind of like, well, I'm going to figure it out? 
Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, you know, I flew home and I, and I basically, I just never left. I was like, okay, he's in pretty bad shape. I don't know what it was. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna stay and I'm gonna help figure his health out. I mean, he was 57, so he was young. It's mm-hmm. like we gotta. So it wasn't, wouldn't necessarily a conscious decision. The company I was working for was treated me really well. You know, we kind of did a really extended sort of FMLA act, and I think after I left, they ended up revising their paper because they like they they treated me really well. Um, but once I quit my job, or once it you know sort of wound down, it was like okay, I I, I didn't have a job, and and that, and that was when I was just doing a lot of thinking about okay, what what does the future look like, and how do I figure this thing out? And, and I eventually did go back and get another job in advertising here in town. Right. Um, and at the same time kind of started the, the real estate path. Gotcha. Yeah. And the, so the first thing that turned you on to, did you have any family members or anybody that else was in real estate that kind of led you to that or? No, um, nobody in, in my family, we didn't have you know, investment properties or anything. Um, you know, I, I think it was reading rich dad, poor dad. I, I always had been into real estate just as from a, like looking at houses and, you know, sort of visioning what what could this thing be sure um so what it was something inside me that that i knew i was interested in it mm-hmm. but i had a a friend and, and a mentor who really like was helped push me down that path as i was reading rich dad poor dad and he was like he had he was a, an agent and he had you know a handful of duplexes or something and um we'd talk a lot about it and 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 he just finally you know helped me and said look trust me here's the deal like buy this deal and, and we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. So that's kind of what I I joke with people. I say you know, all the time like real estate is like crack. And once you get, oh sorry, that's my oh little pocket now. That was both my my Siri. <laughs> nice. Um, he's like you know real estate's like crack, and and he was sort of my uh, like my dealer. Like it was like I got addicted to it. Okay. And I bought it bought one. Bought a fourplex like two months later. Bought another fourplex like four months later. So in the first wow. year we had like ten units, and then we were kind of off to the races. And I was yeah. like, totally get it. You see the cash flow come in. You see the rent checks clear. You're like, manage's not that difficult, you know. Sure. At that point, I mean, you're dealing with a handful of phone calls, and yeah. But that's kind of what got me going. That's awesome. Very cool. I'm really curious on when you're when you're getting going on that is the financing side, like. Because we're experiencing that, where we're you know have a certain amount of properties and mm-hmm. seeing like, oh wow, like how do we get past this plateau? Yeah. Um, were you like, did you figure out certain relationships with like community banks or? or we started now? out and it was all personal residential loans. You know, just you can get ten of them, mm-hmm. right? You have ten sort of Freddie Mac loans in your name, right? Um, so so we were like, the duplex got in our name. The next fourplex, we kind of, you know, so if you do the math, you can get, if assume you have your own house, you can get nine, you get 36 units, you know, because up, up to a four unit, you can get a residential loan, five and above, you got to go commercial. Mm. And we can talk about this in a minute. One of the reasons we went big when we transitioned was like, I think a five unit's horrible. You know, you, you got to get commercial lending on it, and it's only five units. But right. we did residential loans kind of all the way, you know, until we couldn't anymore. Got it. And then transition to like, community banks or yeah well and, and we started you know three or four in. we got smart and we start putting them in you know put one in my name and then put the next in my wife's name so instead of both of us being on there and you're mm-hmm. like oh let's look make sure we're doing this together as joint property yeah we're also ca- you know cashing those chips 
a lot faster. So if you're married, you can get 20 of them. I didn't realize that. Uh, you, you still got an individual to qualify, right? Yeah. And you got and it gets, I think once you get above four, like they hammer you a little bit harder on, maybe you got to put 30% down and, mm-hmm. and your debt to income ratio gets a little tighter. Right. But, um, you know, you can do them individually if you can and, and that, that'd give you a little bit more runway. Yeah, that makes sense. So Andrew and I are doing a deal right now where, because um, I'm pretty much maxed out. I can't, yep. I can't do anything right now until I now get into more community bank stuff. Um, so he put the loan in his name, mm-hmm. and then we put the we're going to transfer the deed to our entity. Have you ever done a deal like that? Yeah, so we were doing that, um, close them in our name, six months in, get a, get the mortgage payments flowing, and then we would we would transfer it into an LLC. Got mm-hmm. it. And so what I've heard, like we never got called, the note never got called, and I've heard you know ninety five percent of the time, it it doesn't you know, and I, but that's why we would wait a few months, mm-hmm. you know mortgage payments go into the bank they sort of check the box it's coming in and they're getting their checks yeah, yeah. do you, i've always wondered um if they do if someone were ever to call a note do you have any idea would they give you 30 days or i think they typically do and my my mindset was always i would call them and say oh just sorry sorry that was a mistake just kidding i'll put it back in my name yeah, just <laughs> switch, switch it back, i yeah. don't know if that would work that was a risk i was willing to take yeah you know yeah, and so. i we didn't start that until we had Probably you know twenty five doors Got at it. the beginning. I think I hear so many people talk. Well, I need to get an LLC spun up before I've ever done a deal. I say, like, what are you protecting? Like, just go get the deal yeah. and get some assets before you have to worry about how you're going to structure and organize. You can always go change it. Right, for sure. That's that's what we did. I just put it under contract and called him. We teamed <laughs> up and we created the entity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm over here like um, thinking. I was like, well, when are we gonna when are we gonna create the LLC? And now that I'm, I'm like, like now, that, now that yeah, now that I'm going through it, it's like you know, we it's not no rush, you yeah. know, it's not a big deal at all. So yeah. kind of like figuring it out. As but we that go. that's the law of doing deals, right? Mm-hmm. Because y'all have done deals, you're comfortable with it. When you're getting started, you're freaked out because you've never done it before. Right. Like, do I need to do an LLC? Do I need to call this attorney and spend all this money to do this thing and call the CPA to set up this? No, you just need to go get a freaking deal. Right? Yeah. You can figure all that stuff out six months from now or two years from now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, that's, it's funny because that's what happened with us. It's like, I, I think like that, and he's still kind of learning. And so he's like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, just just trust me. Like, yeah. And now, now like, you don't care, year. right? Now it's like, yeah. yeah. Now, right, yeah. You and put an offer on a place today? Sweet, I haven't even seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it would have been better if I hadn't seen it. Like, <laughs> That would have made this whole process a lot easier, but... Anyways, um, so my other question is on the partner side. Like, uh, obviously, you got a partner, Reed, right? Yep. And um, that's like a marriage. So yep. I'm curious, like, what steps you went through to vet that out, uh, and if there's been challenges along the way. Um, yeah. Kind of how you look at that. Like, it, y'all are obviously in a huge deal together, and so. Yep. I mean, that's a big deal. So I'm, I'm curious how you vetted that out and how, what you think about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just sort of happened organically. And, and we talked about a marriage and dating and kind of use that metaphor a lot. You know, we met at a conference. Um, it was a multifamily conference. And, you know, we're grabbing a beer and networking and talking. And he's got a podcast like this. And it's like, oh, you should come on my show. And, and we talked a little bit after the, after the podcast. And He'd start out, he lives out of state, but he was looking, doing deals in Texas. He'd start sending me questions. Hey, what do you think about this neighborhood? What do you think about this deal, this, this area? 
again, he's an engineer. He's got a ton of, he's done a ton of ground up development. I was like, Hey, well, check out my underwriting. What do you think about my underwriting and on this deal? And it became pretty apparent pretty quick that he was a far superior underwriter, much faster at it than I was and that he was never going to like hustle me out of a deal here because I had the relationships. I had the local knowledge. Mm -hmm. So over the course of a few months, at some point after a lot of these, hey, check, can you check my numbers? Can you talk about this area? I said, why don't we just partner up? You know, stop competing and like, let's go try to try this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we did. And, and the first the first deal we did, you know, was both of our entities um, together. You know, sort of in in cooperation. We still had separate deals. I think the next deal we did, maybe we just used one brand. We used the Wildhorn brand, but from an ownership perspective, he still had his entity. I mean, we were, you know, dating, kind of getting more serious, getting engaged. And at this point, we're sort of married. I mean, we now we've got a joint entity that's 50-50 that, but, but it's taken us, you know, two years to get to that point where we're both like, no, this, this, this is going really well. Mm-hmm. And and we we but we didn't rush into it mm-hmm. and and it was structured in a way that like you know what if this thing blows up we still each have our own entities and we don't ever have to do a deal besides this one and i mean that's one of the things that i like about the way it's structured and kind of the way we're doing these multifamily deals everything's a single purpose entity mm-hmm. right so it's each one's its own exists you know individual business with its own partnership structures right and when that thing's done you can walk away and wash your hands of, of it. And, and we've done that some, you know, as we've grown, there's certain partners that we haven't gone back to, uh, for, you know, various reasons. And, and you, great, you just go do the just next learn, one and yeah. put it together. Yeah. What entity, what type of entity do you use on the multifamily? We do a lot, um, probably a little too much, but <clears throat> the entity is owned by a limited partnership. Um, and then in, as an investor, so we raise the money from outside folks, they're, they're limited partners in that partnership. Then underneath that, there are two to three different LLCs to kind of pro- provide some protection. There's an LLC that manages it, that we manages the LP. So as an investor, you're completely protected. You're, you know, the only thing at risk is your, your principal, uh, but you're, you know, you're not touching the loan. It's all non-recourse debt anyway, but, um, it, it gets, you got to have an org chart at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and it gets it. You know, you probably end up spinning. You know, three to five entities depending on the deal structure. Wow. So the general partner would be the LLC. Would it be an LLC in that yeah. limited partnership? Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and then you know, Reed and I will be the the managers of that LLC LP. that manages the LP. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Man. You kind of got to look at it. I mean, it gets. Yeah. Like I said, we may overdo it by by one step, but it's kind of how we learned it, and at this point, we just roll with it. For sure, yeah. And that's, I mean, so, like, at this point, when you guys started this, are you kind of, like, learning as you go with, like, I mean, all these details of, like, the different LLCs and stuff like that, or did you, had Reed had some experience in it, and... Um, so we each had done a, a couple of big deals where we had been general partners, you know, and, and had some variety of roles. We hadn't, I'd say we were riding shotgun, you know, we hadn't driven the car yet, but we'd each ridden, driven, ridden shotgun, seen kind of how deals were structured, put together, some of the things you needed to do. I mean, that, that my big, when we were making the leap, my personally, my big concern was, it's like, I, I understand the model, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's whether it's four units or 400 
I get the value add piece. I get, you know, the, the resident retention, the cash flow. Like I understand that piece. I understand maintaining a property. Right. What I don't understand and what I don't go to jail for is violating securities law. Uh-huh. So structuring correctly and then, you know, the raising money piece, which is tied to that. Like making sure you're you're doing all of that the right way. Yeah. Um, so after we each had done that a couple of times and kind of seen slight, you know, different structures, we were able to say, okay, this is how we'd want to go structure that. And then, you know, we jumped into the, to the driver's seat and took off. That's awesome. Uh, when, when you hit, hit like, or ran into like your first, I'd say big deal where you were like transitioning from the 10 to the, the multi. Yeah. Was there a point where you're like, you got nervous, scared, like, man, I'm, this is a new level. I'm in, I'm in the big leagues now with this. For sure. For sure. I mean, the, the, that first deal where we were in the driver's seat, you know, we did a 192 unit deal. It was a $16 million purchase. We had to raise six and a half million bucks. Um, that was like, all right, you know, game on, pull your <laughs> pants up. Let's yeah. Go. Like, yeah. Uh, we got to go, you know, execute all the stuff, right? Put it all into, into place. You also got to go raise six and a half million bucks. Right. And like, so, so that combination, I mean, that was, yeah, there were some stressful moments in there and just figuring it out. But we were joking earlier about, you know, now you, you don't even think twice about now, you know, putting a deal together and worrying about the structure. I mean, it's sort of at the point where it's, we've got it down, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a, the process and the systems and, and you know, the ability to raise the capital and everything is systemized and, and it's you know, you're in a pretty you're in a, a much better spot where now we're doing a this current deal is 34 million dollars um and you know where it's not it's much less stressful mm-hmm. wow that's awesome so like these like multi-million dollar deals like when you move back to austin and you know when you were kind of getting interested in real estate did you like did you think like this wasn't on my radar i didn't even <laughs> know this existed yeah like i mean i was when I moved back here, I, my, I was like, all right, I'm going to buy some duplexes and I'm going to, you know, I built, stay up till four in the morning building these spreadsheets. All right, if I could go buy, you know, five duplexes a year and repeat that cash flow, I mean, you, you can you can start to predict and see how it's going to grow. Yeah. Like, the more units you have, if, if you don't touch the cash flow, you can buy them faster. Right. But that was my whole thinking, right? It was like, all right, how fast can I go get? you know, 75 units or a hundred units of four at a time. Right. I think yeah. what happened to me is as, as I, as I got into it, you know, it took three, four years of, of building that up. It's like, okay, well I've got 75 units, but I'm not done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not close. Like I think it's that back to this idea of financial freedom versus financial independence. When I got into yeah. it, I want a financial freedom. I was like, dude, I want to play golf. I want to be able to, yeah. And maybe that happens when I'm 45, maybe it's 50, but at some point I'm going to have enough, rental property that I can just sort of check out. Right. And along the way, I was like, I don't want to check out. Like, this is too much fun. Yeah. And I can, and I can accomplish a lot of that stuff by being financially independent. Sure. Not financially free. And that's kind of the, you know, a switch in m- mindset mentality. But I had no idea. I mean, you could have told me, hey, you're going to be doing, buying a $34 million apartment. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. How am I going to do that? Right, Yeah. So like, I mean, just taking it like one step at a time. And, um, I think, do you think that like, you know, at that time when you first started getting into real estate, if, if your goal was like to buy a multi-million dollar, you know, apartment complex, do you think that would have been a little too overwhelming and maybe, um, I guess, I don't know. Do you think you would have made that first step? I couldn't even have, have entertained it, you right. know, like, cause I didn't even know it was a possibility. Sure. And, and I think you, people will say, well, what's, 
if you could go back in time, you know, what's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself or what would you change? And like, well, I, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, sure, I wish I started doing this seven years earlier. Like, I wish in 2010 I was buying the $30 million deals, not the $200,000 deals. Sure. Because I'd, now I'd be on the beach. Right. Like, if I'd have been doing that in Austin then since 2010, you'd be done. Yeah. But, like, the path that we had, I mean, even going back to, you know, getting an advertising degree, mm-hmm. kind of have, building that skill set, and then going through what you do with your dad and start, like, okay, I want to buy a duplex. Like, that's all built up to this. Right. Sure. That's been my path, you know, and, and it, you, can't, you can't change it, but it all gives you the experiences you need, you know, to kind of be where you need to be. Yeah, for sure. And, like, so going back to, I love what you said about, you know, financial independence. Um, I feel like the more I, I talk to people and the more I learn, I feel like financial freedom, like, you know, it is the goal. But people who are, you know, reaching that level don't really want the freedom. They love what they do. They find something that they're passionate about. And that is what, you know, gives them that financial independence. And so, you know, when it, people are, like, all talking about, you know, retiring early and stuff like that. But these people that I found that do reach that level of financial freedom, they don't want to retire. You know, they want to they wanna keep working because they're doing what they love. Right. Yeah. I think that's a big, I think that's the big difference. You know, the, the word retire and, and like, oh, I just can't wait to retire. That's because you hate what you do. Right. Yeah. And you're going to be bored. What the hell are you going to do if you retire? For sure. I mean, would it be nice to scale back some and, and, you know, maybe not work 80 hours a week, but work 30 hours a week? Yeah. Sure. But like, that's one of the things I like about this business. I can do this forever. Yeah. And we talk about that all the time. And we are talking about building relationships with people. We said, look, we're, I'm 38, Reed's like 33. We're going to be doing this thing for 30 years. Right, you know, yeah. Our 40 year, 50 year. Hopefully I'm, I'm doing this 50 years from now because I'm still interested in it. Yeah. You know, and my role is probably going to shift a little bit over time. But I'm not like trying to get to 55 to get the gold watch to like go do nothing. Right. Yeah. For and sure. it keeps you engaged. I think it keeps you healthier. It keeps your mind right. It keeps like you're, you're just... It gives you purpose. You live a more full life definitely yeah i agree um yeah that's one of the things that i love about real estate is it's a different type of work you know like like we're working right now yeah but you're right like you can just do it forever and even if you you're tired and you're traveling you know you're going to florida or wherever you can go look at things to buy down there when you're 80 years old so it's just it's a it's a wonderful business to be involved in and i just got back from ireland and i was there for 10 days and seven days in, I'm like, man, I really just want to get back to work. Yeah. And not even necessarily to make money. Like, I, di- I just want to be doing stuff and, like, progressing. And, and it's, like, the structure of your day. And it's, it's you know, you guys are building a really cool business that you're engaged in and passionate about. So it, it it's, it's a double-edged sword. Like, we, we just spent two weeks in Colorado. And the day before we left, we found out we got this deal under contract. First thing I did is I went to Office Depot and bought a gigantic monitor to take with me because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be working my ass off on this trip. Like right. my wife would have preferred, I at least took some of that time and like was in true vacation mode. Right. It wasn't that kind of trip, but it's like, well, we had the flexibility. I was working from Colorado, which is a hell of a lot better than working from Austin in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it 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 does cut both ways a little bit. Right. For sure. Yeah, I saw some of those pictures. That you posted, there's like some moose around. Yeah, that was amazing. Like, just working, just working. about to get on a conference call. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know you said you got started around 2010 investing in Austin. Austin has, you know, 
has gotten better since then. Um, are you is Austin still like your your primary area where you're investing, or have you we've, diversified? We've diversified. Um, I haven't bought anything in Austin since 2014. Cool. Um, it just got it got to the point where I couldn't cash flow. Sure. And you know, I think that's always been one of our sort of probably the, the, the cardinal fundamental rules. It's got to cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it's got to pay for itself. Debt service, repairs, all of that. If if it doesn't cash flow, I can't buy it. Okay. When I saw like the the prices that were happening, you know, and people were paying like, is it's not going to cash flow? We're moving on. So we at that point we started going to San Antonio. Um, we've been pretty active down there. That's where the bulk of our multifamily stuff is. The the deal we've got under contract now is in San Antonio. Um, you know, we're looking in, in Houston, looking out of state, some in Atlanta. We still look at Austin. We were talking about some of this before we jumped on the on the, the call here. Uh-huh. You know, there was a deal we were looking at. I loved it. Loved the location. Loved everything about it. It was like, it made total sense. It's like, I just, it didn't, it, there's no possible way it cash flows. There's uh-huh. no possible way that it, you know, certainly doesn't meet the return hurdles we've set for ourselves internally and like what we feel we can go, you know, is a good deal for our investors or we could go market. Right. Um, but I, I'd, I'd love to buy in Austin and, and you know, it's just, it's an interesting place because I, I fundamentally believe Austin's going to continue to grow. It's mm-hmm. going to continue to attract people. It's, it's, you know, how many years in a row it's been the top place to live, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's not going to stop. It may slow down a little bit, but it's still like, I would, I, I'm not afraid to buy here. Just the numbers, they don't, they don't make sense for our model. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and with Wildhorn, so is it is it just you and Reed that yeah. you employ? Um, so we've got my, my brother's involved. Um, he helps you know, raise some equity and is involved. He lives in Atlanta, so he's kind of our boots on the ground as we're looking there. Cool. Um, we've got some help on the marketing side. You know, kind of got help him do some do some some writing and just keeping some of the social media and just kind of helping in, in that capacity, but kind of full time, it's, it's Reed and I, cool. um, you know, I think one of the things we, we talk a lot about is we certainly want to work. We'll continue to grow Wildhorn and grow the platform. My sort of line in the sand is when we, when we've grown to the point that we have to hire an HR person, we're done growing. Mm-hmm. Like I think a big part of, of the goal here, again, it goes back to our financial independence and sort of getting out of the like corporate world mm-hmm. so I think we can have a very you know successful profitable relatively big business but it kind of meets what our goals are from a lifestyle perspective and I, you know I want to be able to work from home and I don't want to have to you know manage a bunch of people and, and have an HR function and you know so I think that's kind of our where we've set the the boundaries and, and I, you know I, I think there's still a lot of runway for us sure. um, before we get to that point yeah but the whole goal is keep it pretty small and, and keep that, you know, come work with us and, and everybody's super flexible, you know, and everybody gets that financial independence uh, mentality. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So by the time you got started in real estate, had you already met your wife by that time? Uh, it was all kind of happening at the same time. Cool. Awesome. So there was, not, was there any convincing with her on like... Um, investing in these properties and, and stuff like that. No, no. I mean, uh, you know, she's go 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 do it, go try it. You know, it, it was definitely me doing it. But then, sure. You know, when we made the transition, it was really her urging. We were we were driving to Colorado one Christmas, and she was just like, 
you're a miserable bastard <laughs> was the was the direct quote yeah like, you've got to quit your job and go do this thing full-time you're passionate about cool. it you're good at it and i think without that urging you know it, it would have taken certainly longer than it took for me to you know basically get the balls to go quit my job sure mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and so did she see the the financial benefit from you quitting your job and going into real estate full-time um, as opposed to the risk I mean honestly I don't I don't think it was much financial it was just like you're you're not any fun to be around yeah. and you're working two full-time jobs you know, sure. you're working this job that you don't like because I like the job but it was it was in my way like yeah. I had to go do this and then I'd come home and I was doing real estate until two in the morning yeah like, there's no time for us there's the, for me the kids like and you don't enjoy it like let's go try it uh-huh. you know go let's go give it a year year and a half two years whatever it is right um so i think it was less financial oriented and much more like you need to be happy because you're bringing everybody down like this is clearly what you're meant to do it's what you're passionate about go do it Mm -hmm. that's awesome that's really cool that's awesome to have a spouse that is very supportive incredible unbelievable yeah i mean like blessing for sure and it's like you're a miserable bastard. That quote just is like <laughs> imprinted. Send in it out of love. Like it was a lovely, was, lovely quote. That was the thing that got us going. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Because like, since I'm in the beginning of my you know real estate investing career, my wife is a is a teacher, and um, neither of us have families that have backgrounds in real estate investing, and so like going into these deals. Like, she's, like, pretty nervous about it. She's, like, um, you know, just imagining all of our, us losing all of our money. Um, and so that is, you know, just a, another challenge in, in marriage that, you know, I'm working through, which is, is awesome. But just, you know, talking to her about real estate because she's not interested in real estate by any means, you know. But she is supportive and she does. I'm able to, like, explain to her the big picture and the benefits and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, one day, you know, it's going to be where... I don't want to. She doesn't even care. You know, she doesn't yeah. want to see the property. So. And and that's exactly how ours sort of played out. You know, the first couple of deals, she definitely, you know, look look at them at least online. Kind of here's the pictures. I'd say, look, here's the numbers. Yeah. Get into the deal like they're you know, never stepped foot and never saw them. Didn't didn't care. Trusted me, but also see it, saw it was like. Just the way you've gotten more comfortable, she's getting more comfortable mm-hmm. for sure. As long as it continues to work, then she's gonna. Oh, I love it. Not only do I not. Not only do I not, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I love this. Yeah. Let's That's go do more of it. Awesome. That's very cool. So on that, I think I'm part of that problem too because I'm pretty risky. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing these deals that are a little bit more risky and, you know, so that <laughs> I, that's scaring everyone. Uh, but it's kind of funny because I, I know it's going to work out and, and Andrew's going to see it, but... We actually named our LLC Charlie's Holdings, his wife's life. Yeah. And the goal for me is to to get it to a point where she's like, "Wow, this is I really like this." Yeah. And, and the entity's named after her, so <laughs> I love it. And that goes back to that goes back to relationships that we were talking about earlier. You know, like yeah, Matt said, like you know, these deals are a little bit riskier, but because of my relationship with him, like I trust him fully, and so that's why, like I'm you know I'm going in on it. Um, because of that that relationship, yeah, the hairy ones is where you make the money, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so if your wife hadn't said, you know, quit your your day job, going to real estate full time, do you think you'd be as far along in your career now? Probably not. Um, I mean, it was going to happen. Uh-huh. You know, for sure. It was. I think her saying that freed me up to go do it sure. and, and then for me to mentally sort of unpack okay 
I mean, I had a, I had a really good job. I was making two hundred thousand bucks a year. It was like, as the dad, as the you know, to go. There's still a lot to process. Yeah. Like, okay, am I really gonna walk away from that paycheck, those healthcare benefits, all that stuff? We had two two kids at the time. Now we've got three. It was like wow. a lot of. It it took me a while, even after that urging, uh-huh. I would have gotten there, but it would have taken me another year or two. Yeah, yeah. For before sure. I just said, said, all right, I'm out. Uh-huh. That's awesome. I think that's huge. That like, you know, you you took that risk and went after something that you were passionate about, and now I feel like because of that, like you you dove deeper into real estate, your passion, and have become more successful because of it. And it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously p- choosing Heather was like the best. Yes. And then she kicks my ass to, and says, kicking the ass, go do this. Like that that has helped. But yeah. as far as, you know, quality of life and, you know, excited about the future and flexibility to, you know, be at home. Like on my vision board, I got a picture of the school bus. And it's like, I love being at home. I, we built an office in the backyard. So I've, I've got my own space, but I'm home. I can be at home every day when the school bus gets off, most days. Yeah. Like, that's that's awesome. So it's so it's cool. been the best thing ever just from a holistic life perspective. Yeah. And it, cool. it goes back to that, like, independence yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm still working my ass off and grinding, but I'm independent. Right. That's part of it. You just got to love the process to be good at it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we talk to a lot of people that you see what we're doing and they want to get in. And what, what I've seen from a lot of people is they just never do anything. And it's just like, you got to take that first step and it it feels a little risky, but you just got to jump if you want to get in real estate. Um, for people that are, you know, getting out of college or just thinking about buying real estate, do you have any advice? Like how to do it? Just do it. Right. I mean, just do it. You, the, the first deal we bought, we had a guy basically holding our hand through it that is a friend of mine that I trusted. And I, I vividly remember pulling up after we closed on that deal and being scared to death. Like, okay, we just bought this place. What the hell am I doing? Like, I'm going to go deliver these letters to the tenants about, I'm your new landlord, which is stupid. <laughs> And here's how you're going to pay the rent. And like, I didn't talk to them beforehand. And I mean, I, there was so much stuff I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. I was like, oh my, I just made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. But we did it. We figured it out. You right. get the confidence. Like you just, you just, you just have to go do it. And maybe that's making a passive investment. Maybe that's partnering with somebody or finding somebody that's flipping houses and you're funding the deal or you're putting the sweat equity. Like there's a lot of different ways you can get started. Right. But if you're interested in it, Go try it. Go figure out a way to get involved and just bet on the process, bet on yourself, bet on you know whatever it is you're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe you hate it, right? It's not for everybody, but at least you know, and you're not. It's not the back of your head, and you're like, I wonder if I should go try that. This guy seems like he's having a lot of fun managing these properties or whatever. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's huge. I think that like being a practitioner is like a big deal. Like if you just like sat and thought about and planned. Uh, investing in real estate or planned anything in life but never took the first step to just do it like you said like you wouldn't you wouldn't do it you know you could plan all day but you're not going to get the results that you want unless you do it yeah. um and like even with like this podcast like i had no idea what i was what i was doing still don't but i don't have the best equipment you know i just knew that i wanted to start a podcast and so 
I just, I'm just doing it. You know, I'm figuring it out as I go. And then same with like my real estate investing career. Like three months ago, I bought my first, you know, primary residence with my wife. Now I'm buying my first rental. I have no idea what I'm, what I'm doing, you know, but I'm just going to figure it out as I go. And I'm going to have some hiccups and some falls along the way, but you know, that's how, I mean, for the lack of a better, I guess, metaphor um, or illustration, like that's how you learn to walk, right? It's like you get up, you're going to fall down, but that's how you learn. hundred percent. And, and you need to be educated, but at some point, like you've read enough books. Oh you know, yeah. You've listened to enough podcasts. It's go time. Yeah, for sure. That's like a, a huge thing is just like take action. Yeah. Just do it, baby. I love it. <laughs> cool. Well, hey man, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, Don, yeah. thanks for having me. It's been it's a lot of fun. And yeah. It's fun to watch you guys build out the, 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 the company and the platform. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Um, for the listeners, um, how can they find you? Yeah, uh, you know, we've talked about the company's Wildhorn Capital mm-hmm. um, websites, www.wildhorncap.com. Okay. My email's andrew at wildhorncap.com. Cool. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. Love to connect, inspire, help any way I can. Awesome. Cool. Very awesome. exciting. Well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Andrew. Andrew Campbell. I wonder if he likes going by Drew or... Or Andy. Um, personally, I I hate Andy, uh, being an Andrew myself. Drew's okay. Um, but I guess you'll never know, unless we have him back on again. Anywho, our conversation with Andrew Campbell was awesome. Um, it was, I mean, he is such a, a great guy to, to take time out of his busy day, and it is a busy day, um, to come talk to us and um, really just share his story. I really enjoyed it. And it was so nice to to see his journey, really his path of um, you know, starting into a different career and not really getting into real estate investing um until after he had been been working in advertising for a while and to see where he's gone from, you know, starting literally starting from nothing with real estate investing to where he's at now. Um, and to see that fire and that passion and, and the fact that financial freedom isn't the goal for him, but financial independence and that he loves what he does and, and he's passionate about it. And I think that's the goal for, for all of us. Andrew, if you're listening, you're a gentleman and a scholar and Matt and I greatly appreciate you. If you guys like listening to this conversation, uh, please let us know. Leave us a review. Um, let us know what you think and uh, be sure to stay tuned. We release a, a podcast every single week, once a week. Uh, you can find us. Uh, all of our information is in the show notes below. We'll see you guys next time.